Kitchen.com. Well, Chef Brian Paulson has more than 40 years of experience operating kitchens around Metro Detroit, and he is also trained under some of the masters of charcuterie in Europe and written numerous books on that craft. And he tells Culture Chef's Amanda LeClaire that charcuterie is much more than a contemporary fad on Culture Shift. First off, it's, it's such an old and serious craft, but it's really new and contemporary American cooking. And so many people aren't doing it right, and I've been practicing it for 40 years, and I just finished my third book on this subject matter. So it's more of what I want them to walk away with, which is simply a better understanding how to make the craft and not take shortcuts because nobody has really taught this. I mean, usually like in Europe, it's passed down from father to son or grandfather to father and the father to son. And that's the only way you learned it. And uh, in, in American cooking, like when I was coming up in the Detroit kitchens in the 80s, 90s, there was only one chef, Milo's, at the Golden Mushroom who was doing it. And so I, I learned it from a, a master, but I see a lot of younger guys and women wanting to make pâtés and smoke products, but they perhaps aren't doing it correctly. And that's what the class is all about, just sharing knowledge. That's all it is. It really does seem like uh, the uh, charcuterie has, is this novel thing right now. You know, oh, a lot big. of young people and are All over the it. country. I mean, I do I these classes once a month all over the country. And I get very famous chefs like the David Burke from New York City or, or the, the sous chef from La Bernadette, uh, per se. Uh, staff have beaten in my, been in my places in San Francisco and Los Angeles. And it's, it's interesting. These are very talented chefs in their own right. But this particular craft is, is something that you have to practice, like a lawyer practices law or a doctor practices medicine. You have to practice. You just can't read a recipe and get this thing straight, man. You've got, you've got to focus on it. And it truly is. It's the heart and soul of the kitchen. It is the coolest part of any professional kitchen. And it is chef's food. Anybody who's really uh, has food in their soul has a very, very, very soft spot for charcuterie. Well, you know, something you uh, in this description of the class that caught my attention was you're going to teach people how to work charcuterie into their menus. And again, going back to this uh, sort of uh, the novelty of it here in the States, it's it seems like an expensive, uh, expensive product to buy, an expensive thing to do. But you're saying it actually can help keep food costs in the kitchen low. Oh, absolutely. Charcuterie is actually very cost effective because it's the it's the craft of preserving food before the refrigerator. And it also uses all the underutilized cuts, like a shank and shoulder. It doesn't use tenderloin and, and, uh, and, and duck breast. It uses the leg meats. It uses the, you know, um, the copa muscle, which is the neck muscle from the atlas to the seventh rib. That people don't even know where that is. And that's the beauty of it. And it's, it's very profitable. But more importantly, I want to show... Uh, contemporary American menus, the application of this ancient craft of charcuterie, because it, it, this, this craft is not a fad, okay? It's been around. It's like a tweed suit. It never was out of style, okay? It is supposed to be there. So what do you do with the smoked chicken? This is charcuterie. What do you do with smoked salmon or smoked trout? How do you incorporate that into a modern American menu? We're smoking as you're adding flavor and you're preserving it. Not necessarily it has to be in the refrigerator. How about salami, salami, uh, prosciutto, copa, lanza, lardo? These are cuts that don't need to be refrigerated, and you can eat them in a year. <laughs> That's the magic of it, too. Or how about this? How could you make an American classic like gumbo without tasso ham and andouille sausage? It's impossible. That's an example of charcuterie. A lot of the stuff is not center of the plate. It makes other food taste great, like smoked ham hocks. Make a white bean soup. Without it, you're average. You make it with it, you're a superstar. 
all because of charcuterie. You also talk about the importance of using heritage pigs uh, in this. Why is that? Well, you know, heritage pigs, they taste different. That's what it is. So here, here's, the, here's the concept. Uh, nature is the true artist, not, not the chef. Nature is the true artist. So if you took a factory pig or grocery store pig and did a, uh, a prosciutto ham and you did a heritage breed pig and a prosciutto ham, same, same weight, same amount of salt, same time on the age uh, on, on the cure and, and hung it for a year. That's a prosciutto ham. That's the whole recipe. That's the big secret. Well, there's a little bit more to it, but that's basically the whole recipe. And I called you up, Amanda, in a year, and we did a blind tasting. And, I'll, and I'd, I'd say, which one's the heritage breed? Which one's the factory pig? I guarantee you 100% of the time, you and everybody you could ever think of, your neighbor, everybody would taste a difference. And if you think about it, it's the same recipe, it's just salt and raw pork. So that's an example of how important the pork is. And why is that important? The heritage breed, the diet, the exercise or locomotion that the animal uses, that develops muscle. Muscle is collagen, collagen is flavor. Here's another quick fact. You're helping save the family farm. I mean, I really believe that we're slowly killing ourselves with our own food supply. Look at this gluten-free situation. So I think it's because we've genetically altered the wheat over the last few decades. Or, you know, the, uh, the factory pigs are raised with steroids and, and antibiotics and all sorts of things that we don't know what that causes. I mean, wholesome food is wholesome food. And the family farmer, I mean, they do noble work. I mean, they do God's work. Without, without the family farm, uh, I mean, I don't know what to do. I just came back from a 10-day or 12 days in Italy. I took a seven-day master class on the ancient, uh, on the traditional salumi making and butchery. And I passed it. So a master butcher and traditional salumi making in the European Union. And the pork from these farms in southern Italy, it, was, it blew me away. It was unbelievably flavorful. And... It's so, it shows how far this ancient craft has come, but also how much education has to be out there because, I don't know if you know this, but I did not invent prosciutto. Did you know that? Yeah, okay. I didn't invent salami, but mm-hmm. I've written books on how to demystify how to make it properly, and it starts with quality pork. we hungry yet? My question. Chef Ryan Paulson spoke with Amanda LeClaire about a class that he'll teach this weekend in Eastern Market to those who want to learn about the art of charcuterie. There are spots still available. You can find the link to that class by visiting WDET.org.